This episode is about how to commit so that the universe responds and how to listen as well as collaborate with the universe to manifest what you want in your life. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Before we begin the episode, I want to just give a shout out to all of those who are supporting me on Patreon. This episode is made possible by those supporters, and I appreciate you all so much. For just a very small amount, can support all the back-end production and polishing and creation of these podcasts and all the healing experiences that go out. And I would be so grateful if you considered donating to my work in that way. Some of you have already taken advantage of the $15 a month donation, which gets you a personalized meditation based on exactly what you need in your life quarterly. So check that out if you're interested. And soon there will be a couple of new offers there for people who are interested in contributing. You can find all that at candacewoo.com slash Patreon. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's so great to have you here. To give you a bit of an update about where I am in the world, I am still in Michigan in the States and enjoying my time here, soaking up nature, being at the lake, doing ballet with one of my favorite teachers, and riding horses. There are tons of horse riding stables around here, and I just love being with the horses. I hadn't ridden for about nine days. And while my legs weren't sore anymore, which is a good thing, I was just craving to be with the horses. And I even started to get grouchy. And there are probably many reasons for that. But by the time I got to riding and being with them, I felt so much better. Do you have something like that? Something that you just crave and nourish yourself with so that you feel like yourself and it fills you up and gives you inspiration for the week? What is that thing that you really need to feel good? Feel free to share that with me in an email or if this is on social media, just posting there. I'd love to hear from you as always. I'll take another two weeks here in Michigan before I head out to Utah for my retreat, the Soul Body Women's Retreat, which is in Zion National Park. And I'll have a couple of about 10 days before the retreat to completely soak in nature and nourish myself so that I can feel very refreshed and rejuvenated before the retreat. There's still room on the retreat if you're even interested at all or feeling called to it. Feel free to reach out to me to talk about it. So let's jump into the episode. The Alive Now series is a podcast series within the Embody podcast where I talk about things that are channeling through me now, things that are alive in me that I'm working with, um, transmuting the energy around, or 
fumbling with, actually. So uh, just hustling with certain ideas and themes that come through me. The Alive Now series is about my personal stories with that, as well as some thoughtful ideas for you if it resonates with you. Today's topic of commitment and conviction starts out with a story of me writing. So this is about the fourth time I've ridden with this one gray-looking horse named Sage. And the first time I met Sage, he and I just eyed each other. We weren't quite sure of each other. I was a bit intimidated by him, and he seemed to reflect that same amount of anxiety. I had heard and understood that horses reflect your emotions or respond to them and show you something within yourself. And that was definitely happening. I was quite intimidated. And by the fourth time, we were doing okay. We started to collaborate pretty well. We could walk, trot, stop, and move around. So it was a bit unexpected when he started bucking a bit and he started slowing down and not responding to me when I'd give him certain commands or cues. I was taught to give him a bit of a kick, and if he didn't respond, then a kick and a tap on the shoulder if he was slowing down when he wasn't supposed to during our trot. And apparently he had had a really rough day with a child that morning and didn't seem to be cooled off from that, but I didn't know until probably about the end of the session with him. At the same time, there was another student who was younger, about 12 years old, riding this horse and getting very upset with this horse. I don't know what was happening, but while I was riding Sage, I remember feeling, let me just stay focused. Even though there's a little bit of chaos going around me, going on around me, she was, the girl was shrieking and then the teacher was upset with her for screaming while on the horse And so I just stayed the course and focused and stayed in line and tune with my horse. And that seemed to go okay. But about halfway through, the teacher decided to tell that girl and that horse to go and to end the session for her. So this horse and girl left. And as we, my my horse and I came around the arena and we saw this happening, The next round after that, Sage started to slow up as he approached the door and drag his feet and get a little grumbly. And I uh, did the things that I do with him to tell him to keep going. I gave him a kick. I gave him a little tap and stayed focused. The next round of this, my teacher saw me and said, Candace, you have to commit. And here I thought I was. Here I thought I was focused and committed and clearly saying, keep going. And something in her felt that I wasn't because obviously my horse wasn't really listening to me and he was just doing his own thing. So somehow while on the horse, I had to figure out what it really meant to commit and to do it in the way that she said, Candace, you have to commit. So I drew up all the energy I could. I drew up all the parts of me that were just worried or thinking about what might happen if I couldn't get him to listen to me, the fears or doubts I had. I just dropped all of that, focused all my energy 
and thoughts on we are going and we're not going to stop. Well, that seemed to work for about a round or two. And after the third round, he did not want to do that with me. Uh, He was clearly telling me he was annoyed. He started bucking and stopping, moving his head back to, to kind of flick the reins a bit. And I didn't know what to do. So I just asked him to stop. And my teacher said, no, we are going to keep going. And the commitment, the conviction in her voice got me to stay the course. And she knows how to work with this horse. So I just followed her lead. I have a whole conflict in me about how we uh, work with horses and the history of that, of abuse and instilling fear. So that's a whole other conversation, but that is part of what comes into play here where I don't want to be a part of that necessarily. And yet I am. And yet I am involved with riding this horse who's been trained in perhaps a way that could have involved that. I don't know. So back to the riding, we are going and he bucks again and she tells me, you have to growl at him. And <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I know how to growl. I can do this. P.S. I didn't always know how to growl. I And it, it almost sounded silly the first time someone asked me to growl or uh, encouraged me to. And it really was the work of somatic experiencing that helped me develop that part of me that could actually show my teeth and my claws and act like an animal, act with anger or the energy of sternness through that sort of uh, sound and movement. So here I am growling at this horse and he's grumbling back at me. We're just not happy with each other necessarily, but I did my best to stay connected with him and We just did a couple more laps and called it a day. But what I learned from this, from the way my teacher was telling me to stay committed, was actually similar to how I learned to work with kids when I was a teacher. If you've worked with kids or you have kids yourself, you've probably experienced them pushing your boundaries, testing where their limits are, and sensing into where your weak points are. And if they push those buttons, I have found that it's best to stay unruffled and to stay clear and direct about what the instructions are or what you are allowing the moment, what is expected of them. And of course, all within the context of a loving relationship with a child, that we can develop those clear expectations and provide consequences when those expectations are not met and filled in with plenty of love and connection and presence. So here I am working with Sage and wondering how do I growl at him and tell him what the expectation is without being like vicious or mean but just being clear, stern, and convicted. Because if I'm getting angry or frustrated, he's picking up on that and possibly trying to rebel against that. The reason I'm bringing this topic up is that this is a perfect illustration of 
what happens day to day to many of us and to myself. There are things that I want in my life. There are things that I'm shooting for or that I have goals for that sometimes they're high goals. Sometimes I'm afraid that I won't achieve them and yet I cannot not go for them. And I do find that when I'm going for these goals, I do let my fears come in the way sometimes. I do get ruffled by those fears. And I ask myself, how can I use this energy of commitment and complete engagement and conviction, clarity with the universe to express what I expect and want, all without control and resistance of what I do get? That's where the being unruffled comes in just acknowledging the reality that happens, acknowledging the response of the universe or what's going on around me, and yet still staying the course, still pursuing exactly what I want, knowing and believing that I deserve it, I'm worthy of it, and I can have what I want, and breaking all of the fears and limited ideas or narrow mindsets that tell me, no, you can't really have that, or that's just too big of a goal, or that it's just not possible. When we think that something's not possible, we send that message out to the world if we start to believe it. And we act in that way in accordance with that belief, and we get agreement from the universe around us. But if we hold to what we want, what we desire, which gives it true possibility, if we desire it, it is possible, then the world around us starts to agree with that. But if we're giving mixed messages, which we usually are, there's often some part of us that thinks and knows and believes, yes, it is possible. I I just know it. And other parts that say, nope, nope, that's, that's just beyond what you can have, or that's not what you're allowed to do in life then not all of our energy is placed in this focused, forward-moving place that actually tells clearly to the universe, this is what I want, and I'm ready for it, and there's space in me for it. When I was working with Sage and growling at him and staying with myself and staying in this clear idea of what I wanted him to do, I could feel my energy coalesce and gather so that more of me was coming forward, more of me was speaking to him, and I meant it. And I started to look at some of the things that I wanted in my life and ask myself, am I actually giving that sort of 100% and dropping the fears, doubts, and anxieties about it, just leaving them behind? There's a place for working with those and clearing those fears out completing whatever it is that needs to be taken care of around those fears and anxieties or giving them love. Yes, that's very important. That's part of what I do with myself and with others. There's a part of completing any trauma that the psyche and the soul is is begging for completion, is wanting you to renegotiate and to complete so that you can fully feel safe and worthy in this life. And that's hugely important to getting all parts of you on board towards what you want to manifest, towards what you want for yourself in your life, whether that's a love that you 
um, have been waiting for, loving yourself, a career move that you want to have, a way that you want to scale up or expand in your business. If you want better friendships or better relationships with your family, there is an amount of completing those pieces that keep pulling you into a cycle or a dynamic or actions that you take that seem to reinforce a past programming or script of your life. All of that healing work is so powerful to make the space where then you can not let yourself fall into the fear, but to be able to feel the fear or acknowledge it and move forward and not believe it, but to transmute it into energy that takes you towards the things that you desire. So with all of this, I ask myself, how do I do that? How do I actually commit all of my energy to the things that I want in a way that tells the universe clearly what I want while surrendering to and acknowledging what the universe is giving me and what the universe wants? How do I actually collaborate with the universe, not dominate the universe? So it's the same as I was saying with working with children. It's not about being authoritarian where you're just harsh, mean, and instilling fear and trying to control everything, but being in self-authority as a parent, being in self-authority with your life, having true authority inside and leadership inside that connects you with the universe and allows you to listen, respond, and express, reach out for, make a move, and create. How do you make the waves versus just letting everything happen? So I go back to being unruffled and letting this dance of life happen, acknowledging it all, feeling it all, and staying the course, staying with your eyes forward and focused on what you want, and maybe taking a break to rest or to acknowledge the things that pull you to another direction to heal or resolve, but then getting back on. And when you take that detour to come back on the path that you know you want, that the detour isn't to turn you back around or take you off your course, but it might inform the new step and new direction, but that it's mostly the, the inner stuff that just wants to find some sort of place in you and some sort of loving so that you can move on so that you can take the energy that's being offered to you through the fears or anxieties and bring them forward, integrate them into the, the forward-moving steps. When I learned Zen Buddhist meditation and also studied a bit of Buddhism, I was learning about the second arrow. When we have the first arrow, that means uh, we're having an emotional reaction. The second arrow is the judgment on that reaction. and it's about releasing those extra layers or just noticing them all, noticing the sort of train of emotions coming through and letting them move through without resistance, but also staying with what you want. Another aspect of this whole conversation is, is what I want in accordance with the universe? Am I in alignment with what the universe wants for me and what I want for myself? Is that any different? 
And it's something that I've studied and pondered and felt within myself. And what I know is when I'm in alignment with myself, the source of myself at the deepest, clearest, most peaceful and loving part of me, then I'm in line with the universe around me. And that is actually the goal of yoga. That is the the vision of yoga. Yoga means union. It's the union of this particular energy, which I call me, back to the entirety. And it's the self that is with a big S, a capital S, that self, which is the self of all of creation in harmony and integrated, intertwined, that it works as one. When I feel like I'm truly acting from the place of freedom, creation, love, clarity, then I feel in alignment with not just myself, but the universe around me. I'm able to listen and respond, sense what's in store for me and how I can move with what's happening in a graceful way. But then from there, I can also share to the universe my desires in a loving way as well, so that the universe receives me. And it's this in and outflow of creative and collaborative process. In this way, we can shift out of what we see as our soul karma, the tendency and pattern of action over time. We can shift out of that and into a place of spirit, of the creative and divine creative self that is within all of us and all of what exists. We can act from so many different parts of us. If I'm really angry, what place am I acting from? Is this a reaction to something? Am I being triggered by a belief that I don't know, I'm unworthy or I am a bad person or any other belief that that anger stems from, the anger which got triggered by something only because of certain belief sets I have. Or if I'm fearful because of certain belief sets underlying my experience and the world reflecting that, then what place am I living from and moving from? For me, it's often a younger place, or at least this is how I can place it so that I can heal and move forward and move from a wiser place or a different or whole part of me, one that can see beyond the fears, one that can see beyond anxieties and uh, anger and sadness or loss or anything that I feel kind of drowned in. I can see beyond that when I'm tapping into another aspect of myself a more adult, resourced part of me that doesn't believe in the same belief sets or have the same dependencies as I did when I was young, when I was a child and needed adults to keep me safe. So I feel it's quite the inner and outer dance to both stay very committed to what I want and clear with the universe, staying unruffled, to what comes my way, and also to let myself adjust if my desires change, and to sense presently what do I want now and what's for me right now. Where am I headed? But also to listen to the universe and work with it in a way that's loving, to not resist the experiences that I have 
or the emotions that I'm feeling or what's happening on around me, but to accept, agree, and then choose my response after. So if it is something that I don't agree with, really, just accept that it's here and then decide what action to take next. But the key piece that I'm working with lately is to feel that energy of conviction and commitment and clarity. So much of me on on board to connect with that energy and to fuel the message of clarity to the world, to that those around me, or if I'm communicating with people, that I'm so present that there's no question of what I want or what I'm about. In a lot of ways, this reminds me also of my voice lessons that I've been taking, where my teacher told me that my voice was getting stuck in my throat. So instead of it, the voice projecting from my core up and out all the way and projecting forward and outward, it was getting stuck in my throat where I wasn't articulating and the energy just wasn't flowing all the way through, which was part of the reason I started doing this podcast was to let all of that energy move and come out of me instead of letting it get stuck. And when I was letting it get stuck, it started to, um, I started to feel fatigued all the time when I was talking. Even talking for an hour, I felt tired. And now it's moving all the way through and it, it doesn't exhaust me like that anymore. And while it moves through, it also helps me to feel clear and like I can project my expression outward and forward. I can take up space with what I want and what I'm saying and who I am. And I can be clear with the world around me and believe myself like I mean it. And I feel that that kind of commitment that I'm learning through working with Sage, the horse, is that same energy projection and clarity and feeling like I actually believe myself when I say what I want or when I'm giving instruction outward or if I'm just expressing myself in any way. In a lot of ways, this is a masculine energy to me. It has direction and it has clarity of execution and movement rather than it being a broad energy that just opens up it's a directed energy and we do need the balance of both feminine and masculine to create in the world and to have a balance or to enhance and grow into different parts of us so what i'm sharing with you today may or may not resonate with you for me it's just what i'm exploring right now the aspect of myself that i'm growing into and if you've been listening along to any of the podcasts that I've talked about this, you already have um, heard me say something like this, where I believe that we're here to learn in every possibility that we can because the universe is all possibility itself. And we are of the universe. We are part of that. We are a piece of that. And we have the entire universe within us. All of the energies of the outside world and universe are the same energies that live inside of us, just in whatever amalgamation it is in that particular human being. And so I feel very strongly, for me at least in my life, that feeling into every possibility of myself is 
incredibly empowering and essential. And what I mean is using different tools that I have in myself, different energies at different times, and not getting rigid about using one only or that a certain way of being is bad, but allowing every kind of action or way of being to have some place and some purposeful and beneficial outcome given whatever it is that is happening. So, you know, when some people say anger is bad, well, actually, anger is quite good in certain situations. How can we use the different energies of discarding what we don't need anymore or shifting and transmuting energy to bring us more and forward in life or taking something old and repurposing or reclaiming what's behind it, releasing, giving in or surrendering, creating something, or perhaps calling out and holding accountable, seeing something and acknowledging, bypassing certain aspects or energies that we don't want to be engaged in, or creating a new energy that we want to hold space for and be in or express ourselves from. These are just a short list of ways of being that we can utilize. And this piece of staying engaged and committed and using a more masculine, staying the course energy, and sometimes growling (laughs) with firmness if things are not picking up speed and not getting ruffled by the things that can pull me off track. This is what I'm working on right now. If this is resonating with you, I'd encourage you to ask yourself some of the same questions. Where in my life is commitment needed? And am I truly committed? How much of me is on board with that conviction and commitment? Where do I get ruffled? What fears pull me off course? And do I stay there or do I go back? How can I support myself in getting back on track with my desire? Am I resisting my experiences and what the universe is showing me right now? Or am I receiving and taking in or responding to what's happening by accepting, feeling it through? And taking the next step? Where do I get stalled? Is there a place in my life that I need to do a little bit of growling or a lot where I need to kind of grunt and get even more committed, get more focused? Do I want that for myself? Do I want to be able to manifest what I desire? Can I communicate with those around me and the universe around me in a way that works? And what part of me am I communicating from? Is what I desire connected with the source of me, the aligned part of me that is in sync with the universe? And what do I need to process, heal, or resolve in order to get that clarity? and to connect with my deeper self. These were many complex questions I just fired off, and I hope that you are gentle with yourself as you look at these questions and play with it. It's all meant for play and exploration, curiosity, and getting to know yourself. So all the places where you do get off track 
or allow the fear to take over and take you completely off your course and your desire. Those are times that your soul is telling you that there's something to learn here and you can grow even more exponentially from looking at those places, but not staying too long there. Also staying on course or getting back on course when it's time. And all of that is according to what's right for you. You are the expert of your own life and the creator of your experience. So it's all about what you need and want right now. Thanks for tuning in to the exploration that I'm having right now about commitment and conviction. And I'm just truly grateful for you out there that you're listening and taking this in and hopefully growing in your own way with it. Thank you so much. And of course, I love to hear your feedback, comments, questions, your stories. So feel free to email me or message me on any of the social media that I'm on. I'd love to hear from you. Before you go today, if you'd like to hear more podcasts, more explorations, or hear um, guided healing experientials and meditations, you can go to my website for the podcast at candicewu.com slash podcast. And if you'd like to receive bi-monthly newsletters with updates about where I am, how I'm doing, as well as tips for loving yourself and taking care of your spirit, you can check that out at candicewu.com slash embody. Lately on the Embody community on Facebook, I've been doing four to eight minute segments of self-love for the day or tips on feeling into your body, checking in with yourself, as well as various healing meditations and experiences. So I hope you join me there. So that's all for today. I am wishing you all well. See you next time on the Embody podcast.